maintain that he will be okay at a future date, be it a second from now or an hour from now or years from now. Very rarely can you entertain you're okay now. It's impossible almost for it, yeah? So what our head or our ability, which I believe is to entertain, is being severely limited by what we're entertaining right now. That's the trippy thing. It's almost like the, the God they talk about in the Old Testament, in a way. It's a jealous God. It won't have anything else in, prior to it. Self-centeredness, or the system of self-centeredness, is a strange system because it, if you're engaged in it, it denies any other system. Yeah? It doesn't allow you to entertain that you can, your antenna can pick up any other frequency than self-centeredness. And so it basically runs one frequency of self-centeredness, and no matter how many times different solutions you try, they're all tattooed with the same dilemma. They are products of self-centeredness, and they're not going to lead to freedom from self. They're not going to lead there. Because the whole point of self-centeredness is, to, is for its own survival. Yeah? It's a system that's got an incredible defense mechanism, which is it, it really, like in AA, it says contempt prior to investigation, it has constant contempt prior to any investigation. Yeah. It has constant contempt prior to entertaining. And we're so busily entertaining now, we're enslaved to what we're entertaining. The idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. That thing consumes so much of our ability to entertain, we don't seem to have any other any energy to entertain anything else. And even if you feel like you have energy to entertain anything else, you entertain that thing as a self. And therefore, the self-centeredness captures you again. Yes? If you entertain something other than self-centeredness, and you do that as a self, that's self-centeredness. In other words, self can't escape self. It can't get out of the system that it is part and parcel of. It's impossible. How could it escape? If there was an escape, there would be seen to be no self. That's the escape. There's no, you're not going to transcend this place as a self. No freaking way. Self doesn't leave this place. This is the only false place that self appears, is in self-centeredness. There's other programs, let's say, that are not based on self-centeredness, that it has absolutely no appearance in at all. And of course, because it has no appearance in those other programs, the, what you can entertain in those programs, you cannot entertain in this program of self-centeredness. Because everything is rooted in the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Everything that's presented or entertained or sought as knowledge in here becomes self-knowledge, and it avails you nothing. It doesn't set you free. Maybe you'll be able to cope better. If you ever had a taste of freedom, the solutions that are offered here, you'd spit on them in a second. You'd say, what the fucking thing? I put up with this all these freaking years? Oh, I've, I'm, I can enjoy a barbecue now instead of, <laughs> instead of throwing a fit at the barbecue every day. Oh, I can go back to school. Oh, that's great. It's great. But I mean, come on, raise the bar a little bit, the level of success. I mean, this is about freedom, yeah? not tolerating the unbearability of self-centeredness a little better. That's what this place offers, obviously, is you're going to learn how to tolerate what's truly intolerable. My first feelings when I was young were the most valid feelings I ever had here. Something is, was off here, and they have never been changed. Something was dramatically off in the place I found myself. 
Now, because of the self-centeredness, I would blame you and then inevitably blame me, but I, it, and I would never question the formulation of this place, but then when I woke up, I started questioning the formulation of this place. It's like, it's a very small system of thought. You're in a tunnel vision. And that tunnel vision, we were speaking about it today. In my room, there's a skylight. And then there, you can see the sky, obviously. Skylight, yes. Sky. And so, that's like self-centeredness. Yeah. There's a sky, and there's all the clouds that are going by. And when you speak, when someone says, hey, did you see the sky today? They're actually usually talking about the clouds. They're not talking about seeing the sky, because you can't see the sky. The sky is the space that allows anything to appear in it. Yeah? That's what consciousness is like, in a sense, or awareness. So there's that sky, and there's the clouds, but I'm defined by what I can see by the box of the light, the sky light. So I, may, I don't even know what's happening on the boundaries of that. My mind will make up tons of ideas what's happening, but it doesn't have a first-hand experience because it can only see this little box. Yeah? Now it sees... It sees a bit of sky, let's say. It doesn't see the sky, but the sky's there, and it sees what the sky's holding, which is some clouds, but it doesn't see the breadth and the, and the depth of the sky. It never gets that sense. And it, then it makes a judgment about the cloud, but it doesn't even see the beginning and end of the cloud. You, you can make a judgment, oh, this is going to be a giant weather front, and that cloud's going to move away in a split second. Yeah? You can say nothing's ever going to change, and that cloud changes. But, but you don't get a good view of it. You don't see it. You're not, you don't have a large enough view of it, so all your mind does is speculate about what it thinks it means. And it's all based on a sense of knowing. Yeah? When you look at that sky, you know. Not so much what you know about that, but you know from the point that I'm a long-lasting independent separate entity. And I read this thing last week about that's the, the seed of knowing the idea that you know is what is the mother and father of all confusion, irritability, and restlessness, because you know better. It shouldn't be this way. So something's happening, and it's all that is is happening, but you know it shouldn't be that way. Who the fuck is saying that? Oh, it shouldn't be this way. This knowledge, how the hell do you know? It's exactly the way it is. No, no, it can't be that way. I'm not accepting that. I know it should be better than that. Yeah? So this idea of knowing or knowledge is rooted in the knowing that you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And that's what we're addressing. Not all the geometric progression of all that knowing that allows you to think, I know you and know what you're going to do and what she's going to do and I blah, 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 blah. But that sense of knowing that I'm a long-lasting, independent, separate entity is always available to you re to, to review. You see, wherever you are, that's where you are, right? Supposedly. So, there you go. You have the laboratory right where you are at all times. And we just said, maybe turn a little of your freaking attention back on the light itself. Yeah? Instead of having it totally, totally rooted and bonded to things, thoughts are things, feelings are things, yeah? to see, like, turn the light upon itself. Not this. This is not itself. Light the self of light is light. It's not a body called Paul. Yeah? So you turn the light upon itself, and in that knowledge, that skylight doesn't determine or define your life anymore. Yeah? Because now you intimate the sky. And instead of just seeing a little piece of the cloud and that you have to speculate, blue is blue, red is red, and green is green. You start seeing things that are obvious because your vision is larger. 
the aperture, see, if your aperture is like this, you would think this was the whole world. Yeah? But when it opens up, this, this gets included. Yeah? You are, the, the act of you doing this, as thinking this is what's really happening, when the lens opens up, you see that that's what's happening. There's a mind that thinks it's a self in this little world. You see that. You see it, not from the point of view of a self, because you can't see it from that, but you see it from the point of view of the sky, and the sky sees the clouds. Yeah? And yet not no, the sky is never affected by any cloud that ever appears in it. If a giant rain cloud comes, the sky doesn't get wet. If there's Fourth of July explosions, it doesn't get opened up and bleed. The sky is always available at all times, holding everything that arises and just departs, and yet it's never noticed by the conditioned mind. We, all we do is see and obsess over what's appearing in it, but we don't realize what's allowing all those appearances to occur is the context of the sky. You are that. You are that right now. You, this is appearing as a cloud in your sky. The consciousness that you are is the sky to this cloud. Now, you think this is like a long-lasting weather front, but it isn't. It comes and goes just like anything else in time. It just seems like it's longer. Yeah? It's all it is. The feeling of the illusion of time is just up with different degrees. This seems like it's really long, so you think it's continual. It isn't continual. But what's noticing it, what's aware of it, is continual. It's so continual, it looks like it never started and it can never end. Yeah? It's the context of all content. Without, content. without context, there's no content. You can have a bowl and you can have 80 different soups in it, but the bowl never becomes the soup that's in it. Yeah? I've been serving chili in this bowl and now it's a chili bowl. No, it isn't. It could easily take clam chowder also. Its ability to hold and allow for something to appear is there. It's not something that is conditioned or caused by other things. That's its nature. Yes? Its nature is comprehensive wholeness. And it allows whatever to show up to be noticed. Because it can't do anything else. Awareness is awareness. It doesn't take a break. It doesn't take a holiday. Presence is presence. It means it's not past or future. It's present. Present. Yeah? How can you call something presence and not get the sense of what that means? Being doesn't mean wasing and will-being. That's what the mind does. And even the idea of a divine being is bullshit. Being is a verb. There's no noun that's being. The divine being. That's like trying to capture a verb which can't be captured with a, like a box, a conceptual box. The divine being. Different than all other being because it's divinely being. It's became a divine being. No, being is being. Yeah, Being is... And what notices being is the awareness, yes? So here there's an existence, there's living, there's verbing going on, and yet there's the, the context of all verbing noting it. Yeah. Where do you come into the mix? It's a mental abstraction that your consciousness has been captured by, in a sense, and now the consciousness that can entertain anything and everything that appears has been focused into a tunnel vision. And everything that it comes in contact with is taken back by the head to pertain to you as this. Yeah? You don't understand why you're freaking going crazy? 
This ability, this infinite ability to entertain has been funneled into this incessant narcissistic uh, activity of everything going back to you. <laughs> this important, this self, this loop of self-importance. So I see you, but I only see you in relation to me. Boom. I think this, I only think that in relation to me. You know, I hear this, I only hear, hear it as in relation to, I heard it, yeah? How many times have you heard? Today, probably thousands of times. And every one of them has been interpreted to back to you. I heard. I saw thousands of things today. You didn't see thousands of things today. Jesus Christ. Seeing occurred. Whatever showed up, you saw it. Why? Because you're conscious. If your eyes were looking in that direction and a bird flew by, I don't care how much you didn't want to see a bird, you saw the bird. It has, you have no choice in the matter, yes? You're aware. You actually have no choice. It's actually a state of choicelessness. You are aware. Yeah. You may not be happy with what you're aware of, but that thing that's not happy about what you're aware of is something you're aware of. It's a thought, just like every other thought. You are a thought that consciousness is noting. And I'm telling you something, if consciousness had a, an opinion, it'd be sick and tired of its enslavement to this one freaking old idea. <laughs> it's so freaking boring. You know, I'm worried. I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I resent because you caused me to feel like I'm afraid. On and on and on. It's incredible. If someone else comes to your house and yell, runs this by you, you're sick of it in five minutes, aren't you? But you've been listening to the same song for 50 years. <laughs> what makes it sound like the, the sirens of whatever, in, in the Iliad or whatever, Homer's, is because it sounds like it's about you. you. Your mind loves what it's made up. It loves it. That's why you have a difficult time getting over obsession with self, because you're obsessed with self. The mind's obsessed with self because it thinks it's it. Yeah? That's why you'll lose interest in self as soon as you entertain you're not it. As soon as you start entertaining you're not it. Even in this crude manner of just listening to an invitation. As soon as you start entertaining you're not it. What happens? Your ability to entertain gets freed up from that slavery to selfing. Yes? And now it starts entertaining other things. Yeah. You don't have to study books. It is a natural condition. Once that ability to entertain is freed up from this obsessive entertaining, this one idea, it starts entertaining a lot of different things, or no things especially. Yeah, Just some love and joy in no package you ever thought it would appear in, because it appears as you, what you were calling you, the one who had no joy. Joy starts popping up out of you. You can't make, hey, wait a minute, I thought I'm a depressed person, and you're laughing like crazy. The whole thing, it just blows your little story out of the wind, out of the water in about a second. You, you've been huffing and puffing for years, you know, I'm a depressed person, and then you just break out in joy. It just bubbles from the inside. Wipes your whole idea of you in a split second away. Forty years you've been sowing the seeds of baloney about you, and then the, the revelation wipes it all away in a split second. You're just caught with your pants down. And the beautiful thing is not to pick them back up. Let them down. Yeah. Be free of it. Why, why would you want to be enslaved to an image? Why would you want to be 
You know, in AA they say when you come in here, you've got to be willing to save your ass instead of your face. When I came in here, I thought my face was my ass. Literally. The image my head was presenting to me all day, I thought that's what I was. And so I was defending my face constantly, and I was losing my ass. This is like a spiritual anatomy course. We're just going to correct what the face is and what the ass is. And maybe if you put some attention on your ass, you'll be saved. <laughs> so in AA, they say the root of the problem is obsession with self. To me, that's a, an effect. And if you try to deal with an effect as the cause, you'll never get real relief from it because you misidentified it. It's like me taking tons of cold medicine, and if I had the flu, it doesn't matter how much cold medicine I take. I'm not going to get relief because I misdiagnosed it. You know? If you misdiagnosed it, that the root of the problem is obsession with self, and it's actually identification as self, then you'll see why the obsession with self is going on constantly is to reinforce the identification. Once you question the identification and you lose interest in that idea of being self, the obsession with it will diminish greatly because it's all about losing interest. And it's very difficult to lose interest in anything if you think it pertains to you. You're going to have to struggle with it the rest of your life because you are like a magnet for your attention. The you, that ever you think you are, is like a magnet. In other words, your attention, no matter how far it goes out, always comes back to whatever you believe you are. So here... That's what it is. It's like trying to afford a, like a raging river of obsession because this is almost like a, a, power, a force, almost like gravity, that whatever's going on, whatever's happening, all your information will be funneled into this idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Yes? So even if you have tons of faith and you have faith in the idea that you're a self, which is all the thoughts, that faith will go into that black hole and you'll live in anxiety. Your faith has an incredible ability to manifest. But they, and everyone in this room has tons of faith. Tons of it. But if you, it's here, how it manifests is based on the vehicle you put it in. If I put it in my thoughts, my conditional thoughts, I'm going to have anxiety based on the faith I have in those thoughts. Because those thoughts are all about what's going to happen to me and what's not happening. Yeah? And anything can happen to me and what's not happening. I can have cancer. That's right. My girlfriend can be sleeping with my best friend next Friday. Yeah? I can be totally destitute next Friday. It doesn't matter how, what condition I am now, I'm not attending to it at all. My mind's just going into what's not happening. Yes? What's causing what's not happening to seem real to me is my faith in the thoughts. And truly in the faith in the oldest thought, which is your long-lasting, independent, separate entity. When I put faith in that God, what I get back is anxiety. That's my, my prayers get answered every day by a mythical next Friday when I'm going to have cancer. You know, my girlfriend definitely went out with my best friend. I'm sure of it next week. You know, I'm going to go call him up now. A preemptive resentment. Fuck, I know what you're planning. Oh, do you really? Yeah. So in what's not happening... What's appear, what becomes a citizen of what's not happening? The original what's not happening, which is you as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Yeah? As soon as you believe that, you are prone to going into what's not happening. And it's going to be very difficult to, to retrieve yourself from there because there isn't actually anyone there. Yes? 
It's very difficult when you're appearing to be this in what's not happening, and you send this to get it out, it very rarely comes back. <laughs> it usually gets sucked up into what's not happening. Yeah? <laughs> so, this, we're not talking about what's not happening. We're talking about the original what's not happening. If you're not happening as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, you'll have immunity to what's not happening. Yeah? Because your attention will be engaged with what? What's happening. Yes? It will, be a, it will be engaged, not with any work or effort on your part. It will be engaged in what's happening, because what's happening has the one quality what's not happening doesn't have, which is it's happening. Yeah? It's happening. Oh, well, is it really? Yes, it's happening. So when that happens, when you realize I'm not that long-lasting, independent, separate entity, you immediately have immunity to what's not happening. And then you find yourself right here at this point, and you know, you're going to bump into what's happening here, which is presence, availability, yes, spontaneity, immediacy, the sense of living instead of a life that you own, yeah, those things. That's your whole way, the whole way this apparatus interprets life will change. Basically, instead of life's happening to me, you'll see life is happening. Life is happening to me is, is that loop of self-importance, yeah? So, I put myself here as self, and now I look at everything in life in, the, in relationship to this point. So everything is given direction now. Things I want aren't, going, aren't coming my way, I give it that direction. Things I don't want to come my way, I give everything direction. Yet, and I make a huge story about it. Why isn't that thing I want not coming in my direction? And why is this that I don't want coming in my direction? The point is... That's the old interpretation of life is happening to me. When that is not, when you're entertained, just barely start entertaining, I'm not that long-lasting, independent, separate entity. The point of direction is removed, and then you just see things as happening. You don't see them as happening to you. Yeah? You don't have to study or work at it. You just won't see it that way. It's really a bitch to try to deny the way you're seeing something. Like with a philosophy, you know? I know there's only oneness. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm, it doesn't matter I feel like shit. Uh, there's no me feeling like shit. No. It doesn't really work. It doesn't hold water if you have a conceptual idea of it. But if you entertain it, something will occur. And it's just done. It just happens. It has nothing to do with you. You don't practice it. What occurs is you learn about it by its application day after day. You start seeing anew, you start seeing differently, and after a while, the little translator, this head, realizes, hey, something's different. Yeah? Because it's been, it's been, that new way of seeing is, is applying itself to what can be seen all day. Yes? And then you get a sense of it after a while. You intimate, hey, something's really shifted. Because basically, you realize you're traveling a whole lot lighter than you were before. And it really doesn't look like there's any thought or effort on your part. It really looks like you're actually totally irrelevant in it, in the role. You are. And which is such a good thing, because if you believe you did anything to get it, you'd believe that you could do something to lose it. And that's the game the mind plays constantly. If you try to believe you can attain, let's say, peace, you, you do something and you have something and you get what you call peace, then you will definitely entertain you can lose it. Now, who in that situation is playing God? Yeah. Who in that situation is playing God? 
Are you surrendering to the all, the end all and the be all? Or are you your little head playing God and distancing you from that? Yeah? By saying, oh, I, like people, it's amazing. They go, oh, I think it's time in my life that I want to know God now. Oh, thank you very much. That's very nice of you. You know, so immediately God gets thrown as an object that you, as the all benef, benef, you know, beneficent, magnificent self, is now going to, oh yes, I think I'll let, I think I'll study God now for a while. Yeah. But isn't that playing God? Isn't that constantly telling you you're disconnected? Isn't that telling you, hey, on that retreat I was really close to it, but now that I'm not on the retreat I'm really far away, so I better sign up for another retreat or I'll never get close to it again. So the idea of retreat, which is a beautiful idea, your head's using to distance you from what you are. It's incredible. Yeah? And not knowing any better, we keep listening to this, listening to this, listening to this, and then you and I sit here waiting to get it. Don't you see that the combination of waiting and getting it is based on self? You can't get this thing because you are it already. So all waiting is delaying the inevitable. You are that. Yeah. But wait a minute, let me get ready. Uh, no, it was already so before you even go, hey, let me get ready. Before you take that one breath to, to pacify yourself or to calm yourself down so that you can be a hose to this incredible water, you've missed the whole boat. You are that prior to any preparation. Like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. Yeah. It doesn't say what's looking when you're at the temple is what you're looking for. It doesn't say what's looking when you've been really good. It says what's looking. The basic idea that you're conscious is what you're looking for. It doesn't have any conditions or terms for you to meet it. Yeah. You don't have to be good. You don't have to be purified. You don't have to go to the Himalayas. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do prayer beads. You can do all that stuff, but there's no need at all because the... It's always available at all times, just as you are right now. How could that be? So you go, what's looking is what you're looking for. And you keep going, this where? That's what's looking. You have an idea of what's looking, and you're calling it Paul. And therefore, why? So the only way Paul can look is to look for. Because he already knows what this is. I'm a long-lasting independent separate entity who's a you know, junkie, alcoholic, and was very bad, never gave my mother any money, and all this stuff. Yes? So when I'm looking for, I'm, I'm looking from that idea of self. So I cannot, cannot get what's looking. All I can do is look for. And all the looking for prohibits me from realizing what's looking. Because while you're looking for, that's the way the mind hides what's looking. It hides what's looking in right where you're looking for. You just can't get it, because you already have an idea of this, so you can't entertain it as anything other than that idea. And that idea cuts off all investigation, and you live in a contempt, because you think you know who you are. Yeah? This is about freedom. It really... But it's not freedom f for you. It's freedom from you. <laughs> Literally, freedom from you. If you saw the self as a foreign installment, you would, you would push away from it like that. You would see, you would be able to, you would understand what a nasty little parasite, in a sense, it is. 
and you'd push away from it. But because we're identified as it, we can't entertain be, being free of it. We can only entertain getting it therapy or getting it self-esteem or getting it some kind of you know social still skills so it doesn't fuck everything up like it does. Yeah? So at least we can enjoy something like 800 channels or never-ending sports every year, just on and on and on. So we can keep ourselves distracted from the unbearability of not being alive. But they're alive. Look at them running and jumping and shooting. Oh, yeah. And they're getting millions of dollars. They're really something. I mean, it's seamless now, right? One sport ends, and they don't even wait. They don't even give you a gap. Now they overlap. You know what I mean? I mean, the Super Bowl is like in May or something. It's like a never-ending season, constantly. Keep everyone busy, constantly busy, yeah? Distract, distract, distract. Why? There's an irritable restlessness and discontent that 900 channels aren't going to take care of. I mean, the poor remote, you know what I mean? I mean, I must have gone over it 80 million times looking for my savior. (laughs) Nothing ever works. (laughs) Fucking failing me again. (laughs) Then you get, you know, to the point of watching Food Channel. (laughs) Fucking meatloaf again. How many many ways can we make meatloaf? Oh, yeah, this is really interesting. So this is a little idea. Just talk, it's a humble offering. It's an offering about if you can take a view of trying to look at the idea of relief from self, not for self. And if the root of the problem is that you're identified as self, and it's not like you are any solid thing, but the act of identification as self, to me, is what I call selfing. Yeah? It's a verb that's happening. There is no place where you've ever become a self. It's just... a verb that creates a sense of a noun. So the selfing, to you, causes you to believe you're the noun that it's all about. So selfing almost projects this idea of being a noun called self. So the selfing, the constant selfing, reinforces the idea of being the noun. This isn't about the selfing stopping. It doesn't have to stop. When you realize that it's not you, what will stop is the sense of the noun. Yeah? The sense of the noun. In other words, the verbing, the verbing, the verbing, the verbing won't become a noun. You'll just see the verbing, the verbing, the verbing. And when your attention is freed up from it, the verbing will slow up. Because it loses momentum. Yeah? It will slow up. You will lose the obsession with self. Because the whole thing that's driving it is your juice, because you're identified as its noun. So it's, this verb is going on, and it has, just like anything that moves, it has to have a certain amount of energy. That energy that's moving, selfing in you is your belief that you're, it's about you, yeah? that you are that idea of self. When that is questioned, the verb will lose its force. It really will. And you'll outgrow obsession with self, just like you grew into it. It's not like a giant, you know, cage wrestling match where you finally defeat self, you know, and hit it with a chair, and then they come back and whack you. No, the the contents is called off because, why? Lack of interest. No one's buying a ticket anymore. There's no grudge match. There's no nothing. It's just the tent closes and the, you know, the egoic circus leaves town. Really? Serious? Check it out. I always use this one. If I thought this some babe I was interested in in the other room was 
in there, and she was having a conversation. I hoped that she was going to say something about me, yeah? So I could find out where I stand with her. I'd be really drawn to hear, listen to what she was saying, yeah? Even if I had something I had to do in this room, and I knew I should be doing it, I'd still be... And someone would say, hey, Paul, come on, you can't be doing that. There's a meeting here. And you go, yeah, 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 don't worry, I'll be right back. Yeah. And they go, hey, Paul, here's a book, not to listen to conversations in other rooms. So you read this? Yeah, yeah, I'll get to it when I get home. Blah, blah, blah. But as soon as I hear it's about Matt, she's talking about, I lose interest immediately. I don't have to take workshops on how to lose interest. All I had to do is realize it wasn't about me. As soon as I realize or entertain it's not about me, my energy, my attention, my interest, right, gets freed, and there it can go wherever it's going to go. Yeah? But it gets freed from constantly going to that one place. Yes? Because I'm now that one place I used to constantly, my attention used to constantly go, I realized isn't my home. I could care less what's happening at 152 Burdens Avenue. I could care less. That's the freedom from it. You just lose interest in it. And that interest goes somewhere else. What I found, instead of getting sucked into that loop of self-importance, that interest extends and also this attention feels the intimation of what it really is, which is awareness. And so it spends attention this way, but it rests also in its own source. Not... Paul, which is an idea, but in awareness. And so, if you looked at obsession with self, the exact same energy you could call in abidance in the truth. It's the same energy. In spiritual terms, abidance in the truth means you're resting in the sublime. In our insane way of looking at it, it's obsession with self. It's the same energy. Your attention is obsessing over self, or it's resting in the sublime. It's driven to obsess with self because you believe you're that self. Yeah? When you entertain, you may not possibly be that. That gets relieved, and now it will go to its true home. And when it goes to your tr its true home, you're going to see the effects while you're traveling here. Because yeah? the tree, that good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. Yes? You'll know the tree by the fruit you will see that something is happening because that you'll see that you're traveling later yeah, with no thought or effort on your part. It may take a while because we're out to lunch, yeah? Really, we are, pretty much. But after a few months, after a few years, you say, hey, Jesus Christ. You know, now I walk into a room and there's no thought about walking into the room. There's just the experience of walking into a room. You cannot believe what a liberating event that is if every time, any time, all the time in your life, when you walked into a room, you were thinking about, did anyone see me walk in this room? Are my pants too short? Do I look good? Is she here? Is he there? Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Never, never have I ever experienced walking into a room since I was a young kid. It's a joy. It's like going into the greatest temple of all time. The gods are alive and dancing in that whatever room it is, if you just walk into the room, whatever room it is, the gods are dancing and are alive because you've just walked into a room. <laughs> no, nothing other than that. Like Buddha said, instead of I'm seeing this, you cut out the eye and the this and you just sense the seeing. Yeah? Hearing, I'm hearing that. No, the emphasis is not on the eye and that, it's on the hearing. The seeing, it's on the seeing. The feeling, it's on the feeling. It's not 
the object that thinks it's feeling and then the feeling and the object it's feeling. Yeah? It shifts, yeah? So you see feeling includes the subject object, but is not lost by the subject object. Yeah? That to me is traveling light. So you will, some days you can walk through a whole day and you've had no reflection on the whole day. Not one mental reflection. Whatever showed, you just showed up every time, every second, because there was no showing up, you're just there. Yeah? Every second, whatever came up was met and there was no reflection whatsoever. No thinking about it. <laughs> None whatsoever. That's traveling light. You know how much joy just walking into a room has? It's better than an extreme sport, in a sense. If there's no narrative about it. It's just as, it's just as thrilling as jumping off a cliff. Really. Just walking in a room with absolutely nothing going on about, what does this mean I'm walking into this room? It doesn't mean a damn fucking thing. It's just the walking in the room. Yes. So what happens? You go through day after day, and instead of having 30, 80, 50, 100,000 thoughts about that day, maybe you had four or five. You didn't have them, they just showed up. That's it. Four or five. Can you imagine the sense of traveling lighter over a quote-unquote time here, if that was the case? Instead of having every one of your thoughts weigh a pound, now they weigh an ounce. Let's say you have a thousand thoughts, and each of them weigh an ounce if they're seen as a thought, and each of them weighs a pound if they're seen as my thought. The my is the selfing, yeah? The identifying as the thought as being the thinker or about you. When that my drops, there are ounces. You will, you will notice something after traveling through what we call days, that I'm traveling a whole lot lighter, because now instead of having a thousand pounds, I have a thousand ounces. It's going to make a huge difference, yeah? And then that binding agent of the my is broken, and the thoughts are seen in their true light, which is they come and go. Yeah? They just come and go, just like a bird. If I looked out the window, the bird would go by. I probably wouldn't write a huge story about that bird, yeah? But let's say I'm a bird owner, or a thought haver, and I see the thought, because the thoughts I've been having, I've been calling mine. Then this next thought that shows up, I call it mine. I follow that thought. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. What does? Hey, that looks like one of my thoughts. Hey, are all my thoughts here? Hey, where did that thought get out of here? And then my attention gets addicted to going following that thought because of why the previous thought, which is mine, which is the act of identifying. Yeah. Once I identify with the thought, my attention gets into that thought. It opens it up like one of those things. In the Mexican things, you hit them with all the things come out. Pinata, and more thoughts arise. Yes? And it's just like a giant thought fest. More and more thoughts. And each one of them, you're noting it, you're calling it yours. Yes? It's just like simple. If, let's say if you're sitting here at a park and you have your child there and there's 30 children at the park and one of them was yours, where would your attention be? On the one kid you call yours, yeah? Obviously. You're 20, you're not going to be giving the other ones much attention unless they have some kind of effect on the one that you call yours. Yeah? But, same thing. Thoughts are coming up all day. Every time they're held as yours or about you, you're bound to them. You're bound to them. Your attention gets enslaved, and then your attention fuels the, the, the story. Yeah? 
And that story is the greatest hypnotist of all. You're constantly putting yourself out all day by listening to the head. The way you're listening to it. It has nothing to do with what the thought. It has to do with your identification with the thought. A thought is just a thought. You can have the same thought in your head that I'm having, and that thought, if I see it as your thought, has no effect on me. The same thought, if I see it as mine, is the beginning of a giant novel. Why I've never gotten anything I ever wanted in my life, or whatever, you know? Chapter after chapter of ad nauseum and selfing, all based on my. It's not once upon a time, it's once upon my time. As soon as the my enters, a big story ensues. So see it. Is it a thought? Is that thought yours? Did you actually think it? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm thinking that I can see that thought from Mar- it's Marin's coming over the bridge now. It's my thought. I can see it coming from afar. Ooh, you just missed me. No. A thought arises and you see it because you're conscious. Yeah? The mind sees a thought like the eye see a bird. So you're not thinking the thought. The thought is noted because you're conscious. Yeah? Consciousness is the context and thoughts appear in it. And then you, and your attention, if it's been conditioned to be believing or a long-lasting independent separate entity, it infects every thought with that minus. And then that thought reinforces the biggest, oldest story that you're a long-lasting independent separate entity. It's almost like the planet is really based on all the thoughts that are orbiting it. Yes? When that orbiting, because you think they're my thoughts, when that is broken, those thoughts do not circle you. That fly that's stuck in your room would really like to get out. It's not like he wants to stay in your room. He can't find a way out. Yes? The fly, and then it dies three days, days but all day, bzzz, that's what's happening to us. The poor thought came, and then you see it, and then you go, that's my thought, and then it's imprisoned in your little noggin. <laughs> Drink, shoot up, do something, get, get my mind off of this fucking thought. It's driving me crazy. It has a much longer life than the fly. <laughs> I mean, you can buzz and buzz for years. But it's the Maya of it. See it. Check it out. Today, when you're going home, watch the content of your head. You're watching it. You don't even have to go, oh, I'm going to watch it. You're watching it already. <laughs> you don't even... See, that's the selfie. Oh, I'm going to go home and watch the thoughts. You've been watching them all day. You're not going to start watching them finally. You've been watching them all day. But how you're watching them, yes? Most of us are watching them as they're about me or I'm the thinker of them. That's the bondage, yes? Same thing like that kid. If I, I'm going to, whatever I think is about me, my interest is going to go to. So instead of when a thought arises in you, maybe watch how you hold it. What's already... See, here's your tunnel vision, and you're seeing the thoughts, let's say. But right underneath the, the, the telescope, right underneath the tunnel, you don't see these two old ideas, which is I'm the thinker of them, or they're about me. That's what's really bonding you to the thoughts, not the thoughts themselves, and not your attention to them, not your ability to see the thought. It's this belief, this idea, this old idea, that couples you with every thought as yours. Every thought... So, therefore, a thought can be a good one or a bad one. So, maybe you'll share the good ones, and the bad ones you've got to keep a secret. Maybe you've got some perverse ones, so you can't share that right away, and then you hide it for a few hours, go home and get on the you know, porno internet. Whatever. All this stuff starts happening, and you get totally engrossed in all of your thoughts. 
Just like you have 8,000 orphans and you've got to feed and clothe and maintain and, and give them uh, a place to be, so you become a storage unit for every thought you've ever called yours. It's fucking insane. That's why I feel heavy today. Fuck, you're right. You're supposed to be like a fluid thing and you become a storage unit. Fucking bank and bank and bank of memories. Old ideas, rehashing everything. I'm refeeling something. That's all you do. The system, all it does is refeel. It never feels anything new. Everything is new that comes up is neutered by, oh, I felt this before. <laughs> That's why sick and tired doesn't even work for some alcoholics. Sick and tired is an incredible stop sign. To have the real experience of being sick and tired can change the whole direction of your life. But what happens with us when sick and tired arises? Oh, I know what this is like. I've been sick and tired before. And then on you go, drinking and using and fucking like that. Just drive right through the stop sign. Over the cliff. The body's trying to get our attention. That's why you feel irritable, restless, and discontent. It's like, this guy is so dumb, I can't get through to him. I'm going to feel uncomfortable. I'm going to create a discomfort in his skin. You should get that. No, no. Can you imagine... You come to an AA, you come in AA, and most people share. Oh, I feel uncomfortable in my own skin. It's the only skin you're going to be feeling in. Really? To, be, to start there, that's, you're behind the eight ball pretty much already. I'm uncomfortable in my own skin. Oh, fuck. Sorry, bro. How did that happen? The head and body's trying to tell us something. Hey. So, all right, we notice the alarm. Irritable, restless, and discontent. But what response to the alarm is the dilemma. Yes? You're identified as the self. So the self, which is the problem, affords you a, offers you a solution to the problem it thinks it has. It doesn't get that. It's the nature itself of the problem. It actually looks at it from self-centeredness and says, oh, I have a problem, and this problem's bothering me. So let me get a solution to apply to that problem so that I can be problem-free. But if you're the producer of all problems, you'll never be problem-free. No matter how much you can try to control everyone in the world and everything like that, it's always going to be dis a dis-ease in you because you're not even close to the solution. The solution is to recognize that the problem doesn't exist for you. Seriously, you are not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. The best way to get out of anything is realize you are never in it. It's the only way that works. Because if you believe you're in something, and then you think you can get out of it, you'll also believe you can get back in it. Yeah? So people feel really connected, then they feel disconnected, then they get feel connected and disconnected. That's baloney. There's no connected or disconnected. You're not connected to anything so that you can be disconnected from it. You are that. I take, the mind loves option. It plays this giant game. Oh, yes. I can feel really good today, or I may not. You know? I can feel really connected if I pray and meditate, but then if I don't, if I miss the meditation, my whole day is blown. That's not, meditation isn't, that's not it. Yes? The freedom isn't conditional or caused by what you freaking do. The freedom is inherently available because you're conscious. Consciousness has... Con Awareness is free of everything it knows. 
it doesn't lose its sense of what it is by being aware of what it isn't. The the sky doesn't get affected by whatever's happening in it. Have you ever seen a plane run into the sky? Oh, Jesus Christ, I didn't see that sky there. I just ran in. Our engine is broken. No. It's nothing. No thing. You can't feel it, taste it, touch it, think about it. Nothing. It's nothing. That's where everything is. It's in the nothingness of it. This is great music, she's. It's like the death of the selfing right there. It's like someone stepping on bagpipes. Yeah. Every time you go to try to help it, or, you know, I gotta. The self's gotta come in and become. Just fucking don't step on the bag. No sound movement. Just let it go. No, I, I, I can't go to heaven without it. Alright, there you go. <laughs> How can you say no to that, you know? The lights there and you hear it. Oh, Paul, okay, I'll come back for you now. <laughs> Let it go. Jesus Christ. Would you listen to your thoughts if they didn't sound like your voice? Yeah, would you? And is it, are they your voice? They're just a voice from your vocal cords, from a body, not yours at all. But again, the act of identifying creates... You think that it's your voice. And it's the act of identifying that binds you. Not the voice, but because it's your voice. Not the thought, but because you think it's your thought. That's the binding agent. It's the my, M-Y. It's a verb. It's an act of identifying. It's not a tattoo you once got and then that you've been trying to wash off. It's, a, it's constantly being applied, but it's like a henna tattoo. It has no ink. It just seems to be a tattoo. Yeah? But all time, all the time, always available is the recognition of its unsubstantial ability. Yes? It's not a tattoo. It's a verb. Yeah? The verb, verbs, and verbs, it only makes a noun to you. Can you explain again how by being a noun you Well, of course, just simply state, life is happening to you and life is happening. Does it sound like you're a victim when you hold it as life is happening? It can sound like you're a real victim if it's life is happening to me. Yeah, that's the whole direction. Life is happening. Everyone sort of can agree with that, but we don't see it that way. We see it life is happening to me. And we have a lot of opinions about what's happening or not happening, and what we like to happen, what we don't want to happen, and so on and so forth. That one entertaining of that insane possibility that life is happening to me opens up a Pandora's box of selfing. You don't want to get, you don't want to deal with it when it's got this momentum. Go to, see, it's, it's when you enter the engine of the train, that's what makes the cars. It gives a sense of a length, but it isn't true. Once you engage with the engine, which is the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, that creates the whole line of cars behind it. Yeah, Because now the engine has all these cars. These are all mine somehow. My money, my time, my future, my body, my thoughts, my feelings. My, 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 my. Now you have a, a train, an engine, which is an incredible 
engine carry, you know, pulling 800 cars laden with old fucking ideas. Yeah? It's not traveling light. It has the ability to travel incredibly light, but not pulling 800 of these dead cars with it. Yes? We're attempting to look at, don't worry about the 800 cars. Go to the first thing, the engine. Are you a long-lasting independent separate entity? Are you the thinker of your thoughts? Is this your life anyway? If you're not the doer of this life, then whose life is it? Your whole life story about this life being yours is based on you being the doer. You can't even shit when you want to. But then you think you've done all this stuff out here in the world. But you can't even take a shit when you want to. It's mind-boggling how arrogant our mind is. Yeah, I'm the do- I hurt all those people. I, I ruined that person's recovery. Well, hey, Paul, why don't you take a shit at 8.30? I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. That's way past my uh, talent level. But I can fucking ruin everyone else's life. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. But you can't take a shit when you want. Are you pumping your heart, Paul? Oh, yeah, yeah. Pumping your heart. Are you digesting your food? Yeah, yeah. I got that burrito I ate yesterday. I'm busy. I'm going to go home and digest that. It's, I've been wondering. Oh, I just found that I had one a year ago down in there. I forgot to eat that. And it's still in there. It's starting to smell bad, but I'll get to it. Yeah. It's on my to-do list. Chew that burrito. Get it digested. We're not doing most of anything. Yeah? And yet, we have a story about life as if we're the main shaker and mover and doer and haver. It's pretty outlandish. I mean, the freedom is realizing you're not that. Your ability to entertain will be freed, and you won't believe what you can entertain. You really won't. It will be surprising. And the feeling of you'll be so economized, the sense of it is really traveling later. Yeah? Over a period of time, you'll just see freaking something shed 2,000 pounds. Yeah? Just moving through because. To go through a door isn't much. To go through the door with 800 thoughts about going through the door is a drag. To go to a job isn't that difficult, but to go to the job thinking about how terrible it is, I never want to move, on and on and on and on. Yes? That's really the weight of our lives. Not what's actually happening, but what we're thinking about. And it's all consumed in that it's about you. It's an insane neurotic fascination. We're just saying, okay, you can break that smell by just entertaining the idea that its center, its core, isn't you. Because your interest will be lost, it will lose that interest in that, and your interest will go other places. Just like that. Yeah? Maybe you'll go see a good teacher and they'll, they'll subtly direct your attention maybe somewhere. Maybe there's no need for it. You can just... Be like a free-range alcoholic. Yeah, you don't need any. Just you just free-range it. You know, you're just free and bouncing around. See what happens. <laughs> Invitation comes. You can say yes or no. None of them. Both. Neither of them really matter. It's not going to break. It's not going to. It's not an earth-shattering event. If I would have only said yes to that, well, yes or no. Who cares, really? There'll be more invitations, more opportunities. Things keep. Sh- Love is unbelievable here. Yeah. The invitation is incessant. It's just constantly, you're constantly offered your escape, you know, which is there's no need to escape. That's the escape. There's just no freaking need for one thing to change at all, you know. Yep. Okay, so... <laughs> 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 Let me just say one thing a second, though. 
It's amazing. <laughs> uh, never mind. Go ahead. I'll tell you later. So okay, yeah. As you know, the lights go okay, on. Yeah. We have this awareness. We're you know, like a baby, just is and just think, you know, just observes and itself is not involved. Yeah. And then as part of human development, we have self and whatever. In our case, all of that energy is being directed inward, and that's the root of our problem. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. The trick is to take that spotlight and turn it away from self and back on onto the world. Well, the trick isn't to do that, because that would be you doing something. The trick is to realize, to entertain you're not a self, and then the search, the spotlight just shifts without anything on your part. It's like a video camera that's been turned on to a monitor. Yeah, well, what happens is most of us are in self-reflection, so whatever we meet outside gets turned back and it reflects the self. Yes, it's subjective. Exactly. And so basically, no matter what happens, it always happens to you. So you become the false one of life. Yeah? Like some people talk, all there is is that one. But we, the, the head has bastardized that. It has a sense that all there is is this one. Yes? And so you become the center of the universe. You, your head plays God. And it does it, it does it on a much tinier scale than what we call God, the big God. But you're playing God in your head. Yeah? Your head's telling you how things are like, how they're going to be like, how they were like. It's constantly telling you how you're like. You never, you never get to be revealed as you. You always have an idea of it already. Yeah. So you and I are constantly can be constantly new, but the what greets it is the same old, same old, which neuters the invitation that your fluidity is expressing. Yeah, you're awake. You're not. You're not awake as this. You're not defined by that. Yes. Your head is, un- the mind is unbelievable what it can entertain, but it's been, it's been enslaved to a very old idea that's neutered its ability, yeah? You and I have been through everything self-centeredness can offer. We've, we've done, we've tried every possibility self-centeredness can offer. Every one of them. And now all we're doing is getting the new turbo-sized one, yeah? We just keep going over and over and over the same old, same old, because we can't seem to get loose from that system. We've been on every inch of it. We've seen every corner and crevice of self-centeredness already. There is, it's, the goal isn't being hidden there. It's not because something's wrong with you, you haven't found it. Every escape hatch is part of the dream. There is no escaping self-centeredness. There is no escaping self-centeredness. All the escape hatches are a dream. When you, when you go through the escape hatch or they give you that prison break, you know, here's the map, you're in the, when you break out of that prison, you're in the bigger prison. Yeah? There's no effort. You're never getting out of the prison of self-centeredness. Yet you'll buy thousands of maps of how to get out. Yeah? And there's like 800 strategies to find the, uh, the escape hole. But all you escape to is in, is in self-centeredness. You never get out because you were never in it. How can you get out of something you were never in? But you don't question it as that. You always question it as this. I know this is I've been in self, and now I'm going to try to get out of it. That knowing is jackpotting us. You're not. You've never been in a self. That's why you can't seem to get out of it. How can you get out of something you've never been in? You can try thousands of ways to get out, but if you're not in it, none of them are ever going to work. <laughs> it's impossible. Fuck. 
I got the oldest one, the oldest scripture. They found a new oldest scripture prior to Buddhism or whatever, or Jesus. All right, this one will do it. No, it won't. None of them will ever get you out because you're not in it. I can't entertain that. No, not as a you, you can't. Self can't get out of self. But if you're not that, you're out of it for all intents and purposes. Because why? You were never in it. You didn't find the, the magic key to get out. You realize there's no in it. That's why they say gateless gate. When they go the gateless gate or the open secret. What secret is open? Have you ever told an open secret? It's not a secret if it's open. Eh? That's why they say these great mythical statements. The open secret. What the hell is he talking about? It means it's obvious. Gateless gate. What do you mean, gateless gate? It wouldn't be a gate without a gate. It would be gateless. Yeah? Exactly. There's no, you don't have to walk through anything. There's nowhere to go. There's no secret you have to find. There's no magical handshake. It's all out in the open. It's so obvious we don't recognize it. Yeah? It escapes us. It's like the fish in the water. It doesn't recognize it's in water. It, all it recognizes is the shells and the thing. And it may even be reading a book about water. And all the pages are super drenched and it still doesn't get it. It doesn't get that. You're, you're assuming you're dry looking to get wet. You're wet. Yeah? Now wet, and when wet meets wet, it's fun. A lot of fun. But, you know, this idea of being dry and you have a need to get wet is pointless. You're not dry. I'm disconnected. Who's going to tell you how to get connected? Your freaking head. And then it's going to tell you, okay, now you're disconnected. Okay. All right, now do this, 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 and this. Now, you, do you feel connected? Yeah, I think I do. Well, you missed something. You're disconnected. All right, how much more do I have to do? Well, five years subscription now. Buddhist magazine. Read it every month. All right, now I'm feeling connected. Uh-oh. You missed one, one article. Oh, disconnected. I was meditating. I feel great when I meditate. And then the day you miss it, I feel terrible. That's not good. Peace in this truth is not caused or conditional. It's freaking not caused or conditioned. And especially not by anything you do. Or you have. You don't climb up to this thing. You don't achieve it. You don't follow a map for it. You're tripping over it right this second, looking for a path. You're missing the whole point in it. If you put it off for the weekend to go on a retreat, you miss the boat in a sense. And it's totally okay to miss the boat. We're, this is our life here is missing the boat. Really. There's no problem with it. There's no wrongness in it. But there's missing the boat. Because you think the boat's docking at 9 o'clock in the morning with one meal the whole day, da-da-da, and then you're, on Monday I'll have arrived. No, no. This is it. You're on the boat now. Wake up, eh? That's even too much. Wake up. It means like you're asleep. You're not asleep. You don't have to wake up either. Hopefully tonight you get nothing. I hope you leave with a whole lot of nothing. Nothing. You don't need a damn thing. You've been, you and I have been acquiring something our whole life. What has it done for you? I must have about 200 pounds, probably two tons of something. What the hell is it doing for me? Nothing is the key. You realize there's nothing that you need.
like I say, silence is deafening. It's so loud, silence. What you think is totally unnoticed is so alive. Awareness crackles and and sparks. It's not just. It's like totally kinetically alive. You'll hear. You'll hear deafening. Silence is deafening. There's so much going on, and we're totally oblivious to it. You don't sense it a lot of the time. It's just booming every. starts with but. I like to say B-U-T-T, but most people mean B-U-T. You'll hear this beautiful message and then but when I'm married five years from now and I'm going to the store and someone confronts me, how will I act if I'm awake? Who knows? Maybe you'll slug the person, maybe you won't. There's no rote form to it. It's being fluid and alive. You don't have any like wrote answer, how you're going to be, you may flip out. Some guy called me up on this internet thing and said, well, I've heard a master say, if you're with someone and you're awake and they're not awake, you'll have to leave them. I said, well, I'm not seeing anyone right now, so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they think I'm not awake and they'll leave me. Who knows? I have fucking no idea what's going to happen. What? But this master said it. I I don't know. I'm not him. I don't know who the hell he is. That's not my experience. My experience is what happens. It's not not overrun by some form of, or idea I have. You don't know what's going to happen. That's the beauty of it. It's a surprise. You never know what's going to happen, what reaction's going to occur. But none of them define you. You're something prior to any of that. You're not defined by what you do or have. You're not a bad person or a good person. You're not a fucking... You meditate 80,000... It doesn't make you a meditator. Nothing you do and have makes you anything here. It can bind you to an idea, but it doesn't make you a damn thing. Maybe it can cultivate, maybe it will improve your conscious contact, but it doesn't make conscious contact. So. Pass the basket. Any more questions? No? I want the happy turn, too. I want to walk out of it like that. <laughs> you can take the money, but leave that. I like that. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming, everyone. It's we're getting a large crowds now. I'm definitely going to do something really stupid soon, so all you guys can have a reason to go. Leave. Never come back. I can feel it coming on. <laughs> I can feel it. I'll be here next week, but then we're going away uh, uh, the 22nd to the February 2nd. So we'll only miss one Wednesday here, but we'll miss two Mondays and one Saturday, or two Saturdays. But it's on the website. I'm going to New York and uh, Toronto and New Jersey to do talks there. Toronto, she's... They have me booked for like five hours, six hours a day, so I'm going to have to have a lot of filler, so I'm going to have everyone meditate a lot. Yeah.
All right, we'll start the program with a half-hour meditation. They'll come out of it, I'll have a, then we'll have a break. Come back, another half-hour meditation. I get to talk for 20 minutes. I'm in the back drinking lattes. And ring the bell and go back in. Oh, yeah, yeah. They come out. Okay, that's it. Come back tomorrow. That's the best. I just always think that was a pretty good move out there when I go to the spiritual events. I very rarely see the...